Hello, everybody. This is Marcus Giuliano, your host of In the Weeds, real tales from real restaurateurs or real breweries. Uh, who's joining me today? Gary Fish with Deschutes Brewery. Awesome, Gary. So, Gary, where is the brewery and how long have you guys been around? We're in uh, Bend, Oregon, which uh, Oregon is that state that bends in the middle. So uh, really, if you look at a, a map of the state of Oregon, put your finger right in the middle of it, uh, that's pretty much where Bend is. We're about three hours over the mountains from Portland, the city that most people know of, and uh, we sit on the high desert, uh, outdoorsy community, uh, skiing, fishing, hiking, boating, golfing, anything you want to do outdoors. Awesome, awesome. What inspired you to open the brewery? Well, it was uh, an offshoot. My father had been in the uh, wine business kind of during the modern renaissance of California wine in the late 60s and early 70s. I've always been in the restaurant business, and the idea of a, a brew pub concept came up, and you know, it made sense to him. It made sense to me with my background. I was partnered in a restaurant in Salt Lake City at the time, but it wasn't mine, and so you know, the idea that to, to capitalize on this uh, new trend in the mid eighties uh, really appealed to both of us. And wow, uh, mid-80s. you're just, you're definitely in a, a pioneer of the movement mid eighties. Yeah, we actually opened in 1988. So I began work on it, you know, a year and a half before that I had a friend of mine that was opening a brew pub in Sacramento. He didn't know any more about the restaurant business than he did the beer business. And, so I offered to help him open his restaurant, basically, or his brew pub for free, just to kind of see what mistakes he made. Okay. Pretty invaluable experience. So how, how, how long did it take you, or how difficult was it in the beginning for you to convince a distributor to carry your beer, just craft beer in general? Well, we, we had never anticipated uh, manufacturing and, and wholesale distribution as part of our original business plan. We were just building a brew pub. So uh, the first wholesaler I ever uh, acquired was by virtue of the fact that I had sold our beer to the local ski resort, and I told him that I wasn't going to be able to deliver the beer because I'm running a restaurant, and uh, asked him for a recommendation for a wholesaler. He pointed me to his favorite wholesaler, and I went and talked to him, and I had already sold the beer, so the wholesaler didn't need to do much except deliver it. Uh, the second wholesaler we got was from Portland, and he called me because some tavern owners in Portland had come through on holiday and, uh, you know, had the beer, liked it, wanted to pour it in their places in Portland. And uh, that was where, you know, we, for the next five years or so, we, we never sold any beer. People just came and bought it. All we did was, was work on producing it and uh, filling orders. Cool. Very cool. What's one of the worst nightmares in the beer industry, making beer? Well, making beer is when the, the realization happens, and it happens to everybody, that this batch of beer is not going to make it. This is not going to meet our standards. It's gone bad. It's, something has happened to it, and you're going to end up running it down the drain. How, how often does something like that happen? Uh, anymore, not very often. And in, in the beginning, uh, it was pretty brutal. We were we were struggling and, and failing fast and uh, something, we got an infection in the brew house 
And uh, we ended up dumping 10 straight batches of beer down the drain. 10 that straight was, batches. That wow. A, that was a, uh, a, a dark time, uh, as we recall that. We were almost out of beer at the, at the bar. Uh, we were, you know, we were ready to go uh, under if something didn't happen. And uh, we ended up being able to fix the problem. But, you know, we're, I'm proud of the fact that during that whole time, we never sold a beer we weren't proud of. That's awesome. 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 So how long in did you actually know that uh, opening the brewery that, Hey, this is a, a success. Oh, it was a few years. Uh, probably 1991, 92 when uh, we had really, you know, we had, we had grown out the back of our brew pub. We had rented a building behind us uh, running a forklift on it uh, between the two buildings uh, we were loading semi trucks in the middle of the street. You know, I was getting letters from the city about running an industrial operation in the downtown commercial business district, and I apparently I couldn't do that. So we needed to to find someplace else uh, to uh, establish a larger manufacturing operation, and we found land about a mile away across town uh, and started uh, learning about manufacturing and sales. And uh, that, was a, that was a very steep learning curve, one fraught with all kinds of problems, all kinds of difficulties. And, uh, you know, but we persevered, we're here, and uh, now we're having some fun. Awesome. So now you also run a, a restaurant with the brewery, correct? It's a brew pub? We have a brew pub uh, in our original location, uh, downtown Bend, about a mile from where I sit right now. We have a brew pub in Portland that we opened in uh, 2008. And uh, we have a couple of tasting rooms, one here at our manufacturing facility and one in Roanoke, Virginia. Oh, Roanoke, Virginia. Okay. Yeah. You're on the East yeah, Coast? We have bought some property there, thinking that one day uh, we'd like to build a brewery there uh, when you know, uh, sales trends were heading north at a, at a good clip. And then uh, the industry has softened, our sales have softened. So we're content to let that property sit there for a while. We've got a great crew in the tasting room there. And, uh, you know, we'll wait to see uh, what the market tells us to do. Cool. How many states are you currently uh, distributed in? I think we're in 31 total. Excellent. Mostly on the west. Uh, the East Coast, we get to, you know, Washington, D.C., Philadelphia, New Jersey, uh, North Carolina, Virginia. But uh, I think is that's there, about is there a state Is there a state out there or a region that's a bigger challenge for you? Oh, there's a lot of challenges out there. I mean, really, our, our number one market is in Oregon. And, you know, Oregon, the, the city of Portland, I think, has 200 breweries in it. You wow. know, Bend is a city of 100,000 people, and we have 25 breweries. You know, those are, those are challenges, uh, you know, we have to continue to remain relevant, continue to compete, continue to make great beer, um, great brands, and, and uh, you know, really, I mean, we have, you know, 500 families we're responsible for now. So, uh, so how, do you, how, how do you balance a great product and, and marketing? Well, you know, the product comes first. I mean, that always has. Uh, I've, I've never... Uh, you know, claim to be the smartest guy in any room, but if the beer's not good, nothing else is going to matter. 
Now, with that being said, we've also learned in the last several years the value of marketing and, and how you communicate with your, with your customers, with your consumers. And uh, in, in this incredibly crowded and incredibly noisy market, uh, being able to establish and maintain that communication is fundamental. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Marketing for us is huge. Great products. Uh, you, know, you, have to, you have to have balance of both unless you have an exorbitant amount of money to convince people that uh, your product is better than it really is. And yeah. us independents just don't have a, a McDonald's advertising budget. Well, it's interesting. You know, the restaurant business, everybody calls it the service industry, which I think is nonsense. There's no, there's no uh, price on the menu for service. Um, there's an implied tip, I guess, but you know, there's no, you know, the only prices on the menu are for food and beverages. Food and right. The idea that, and, and we all know restaurants that, that we will go to because the food is awesome, but the service is horrible. You'll yes. never do the opposite. You'll never go to a restaurant because the service is awesome, but the food is horrible. There's always, there's always right. Right. There's so, one way, you know, it starts with the product and, you know, it's not that service isn't important. It certainly is. And it's not that marketing isn't important. It certainly is. But the product that people are paying for is what's in the package. So what are some of the, um, what are some of the things that, that, is there any significant marketing that you do that say, Hey, this really works for marketing, whether, whether it's for getting people in the door, um, at the, at the brew pub, uh, locally, or is there some kind of national thing that, hey, say this, this works really great for marketing. This, this is, this is a home run for us. Well, I think, you know, we're in the, or, or, or is there a certain platform you like to focus on? Is it Facebook? Is it Instagram? You know, where, where, where do you like to focus on? Well, you know, we live in the, in the era of social media. And uh, right now, I think our number one, we, we just reviewed this yesterday. In fact, our number one, uh, consumer connection is through Instagram. And, you know, we listed there was six or seven different things, including uh, Facebook and LinkedIn and, and those other things. LinkedIn is, has become an uh, increasingly important uh, way to communicate with consumers out there, interestingly enough, being kind of a, a business to business uh, platform. Right. But, you know, we, we want to be present on all those. We want to be there and part and be part of the conversation as a way of hopefully engaging consumers to pull us off the store shelf or ask for us at their local bar. Have you ever told anybody that uh, your beer is just not for them? Um, no, I, I believe we have a beer for everyone. They have a beer for everyone. You know, it, and, and, we we built our reputation on a dark beer on Black Butte Porter. It's still the largest selling porter in the country, uh, and we built that beer by basically not taking no for an answer. At festivals, you know, where I used to do them all the time, people and particularly women would come up and and the, and a typical order would be, "Give me the lightest beer you've got," and I'd give them a sample of Black Butte Porter and say, okay, but here, first try this. Oh, no, I don't like dark beer. I know, I know. I'm getting your beer, but here, try it. It's free. And I figured we were about 80% conversion rate on wow. those because, And even women, you know, women have been treated so miserably in the, uh, in the beer industry. Uh, you know, they're not allowed to like anything that's, any, that's darker than almost clear 
that's you know insipidly sweet or so light as to not have any flavor at all that once they realize that they really enjoy a dark beer it's an incredibly empowering thing yeah i i yeah i agree with all that you know you hear the term girly beers or something like that and or fruity beer and that's for the women and i got to tell you there's a lot of great women beer drinkers out there i mean they're just they're, they're very savvy and uh and uh they they drink awesome beer Absolutely. And the beer industry wonders why it can't engage more women uh, with their products. Right. I mean, when you think of marketing and beer, it's a certain segment of male beer drinkers, a certain age. And yeah. 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 So yeah. what is, what's some advice that you would give to a new brewery owner, somebody who's just starting out, out and wants to open a brewery? They've already, they've already spent the money they've already built the brewery is that what you're talking yeah, about let's, yeah let's let, otherwise yeah. i tell them not to do it yeah, i tell them not to do it but they, they're, <laughs> they're already in the game they're already in the game they're already in the game i you know i i tell them to focus on the product you know they have an implied contract with the consumer and that is to provide a really interesting flavorful beer the other thing i would tell them is you know don't worry about the ipas you know ipas are 40 plus percent of craft beer category everybody's got IPAs. What are you going to bring to the market that the market actually needs or wants? You know, what are you, what's, what's going to set you apart from everybody else? Or are you just going to make an IPA, a double IPA, a triple IPA, and a, you know, a hazy. Double, double, double NIPA now, a double NIPA. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you know, give me a break, go do something that, that, that represents you and who you are and your perspective on the market. Because otherwise, you're just going to be another Alsoran. It's just another fast food restaurant. Awesome. Great advice. Great advice. Well, awesome. Thank you very much. I appreciate this. And uh, uh, we're going to run this on a couple different places because this is a great interview. We're over our 10-minute time limit, but I don't care because you've, <laughs> you've, you've made some great points here. I'm Talk still going to keep sure. recording here. I'm going to keep recording here and keep going because, uh, like I said, content's content. This is great. All right. So do you know the, the brewery Equilibrium? The brewery, no. Have you heard of Equilibrium? It's a brewery here that makes amazing IPAs, and he's a good friend of mine, and uh, uh, he started out in the brewing industry just a few years ago, and and a um, little quick story. He uh, walked in one day. We came in out one day after a big beer festival. And he goes, Marcus, what's that heady topper you have? And I said, heady topper? He goes, yeah. He goes, what is it? He doesn't really drink good beer, Pete. And he goes, I hear so much about it. He goes, can I take that home? And I said, yeah, take it home. So he took a can of Hetty Topper home. Three months later, he comes back with a growler and he goes, taste this beer. And I tasted, where'd you, where'd you get this? Where'd you go? He goes, I made it. I go, Pete, you made this beer? And he goes, yeah. Remember that can of Hetty Topper you gave me? I said, yeah. He goes, I cloned the yeast and made this beer. I'm like, that's really cool, Pete. I don't know much about beer making, but yeah, you cloned. He goes, do you think I'm onto something? And I said, I think you're onto something. And now he's in the brewery world. He left his scientist job. And now he's a brewer, which I guess, oh, you're, still kind of a, I guess you're still kind of a scientist being in the brewer, brewery world, right? Yeah. A lot, lot of science stuff going on there. So, a lot um, of science. Yeah. I mean, so people jump into this industry left and right. Um, you know, we have a guest who comes to the bar all the time. And he was, he's been brewing beer since the late 70s, early 80s. Yeah. And he comes in and he wants a Corona-style beer. But when he made beer, he used to make porters, stouts, all the heavy stuff, the hoppy stuff. And he's just, I want my, I want my Corona style beer. So that's what he drinks all the time. And we always make jokes like, 
Mark, you used to make these, used to make porters. And this because I don't want that stuff. I want, I want the, the lager. <laughs> he goes, so I, a- so I said to him last night, I said, again, I said, why, why are you drinking lagers? He goes, cause it was something I could never successfully make. So I could never successfully make a lager. I could successfully make a porter, all the other ones, but I could never nail down a lager. So that's what I'm drinking. That's what I drink. Yeah. There was an article in uh, uh, Wall Street Journal uh, late last week that uh, talked that we're in and a number of some other breweries here in Bender in, but it's about the you know craft brewers' dirty little secret is that so many of them actually drink you know light domestic American lagers uh, when they're when they're not working. When they're not working, right? And it's like a wine tasting. We go to wine tastings and what all the beer reps say. I mean, wine reps, I can't wait to go get a beer across the street. Well, you know, it takes a lot of good beer to make good wine. Every winemaker knows that. (laughs) I like that. That's a good saying. A lot of good beer to make good wine. I really like that. Well, awesome. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate this. This is very insightful. And um, thank you for tuning in. And just tell us how people can find you um, online and, and brick and mortar. Well, it's deschutesbrewery.com, so Deschutes, D-E-S-C-H-U-T-E-S, brewery.com. Uh, uh, Deschutes refers to the river that runs through the middle of town. It's also the name of the county here. Uh, and, uh, yeah, they can, they can find us there. We're distributed, like I said, 31 states. Ask If you don't see us, ask for us. That's what I always tell people. And, you know, the consumer is king. They're the ones that uh, – that, that their local retailers are going to want to pay attention to. Awesome. Well, thank you very much, Gary. Appreciate you being a guest on here. And uh, everybody go check out Deschutes Brewery. And if you're in uh, Oregon, which hopefully I will be there next year, that's one of my planned visits, I will stop by and say hello. There is a bit of a wine industry out here too. You got you to come by and see us. There sure is. Absolutely. <laughs>